Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. You're listening to Family Feud, part of the Paris Style Podcast family. They might not be brother and sister, but they sure do fight like they are. Here's your hosts, Keely Yor and Shotgun Spratling. Welcome to another episode of the Family Feud Podcast. I'm your host, Keely Yor, joined by Shotgun Spratling and cousin of the pod, Chris Trevino. I think we have some things to talk about, gentlemen. It seems like it's going to be an interesting show. I mean, yeah, it's a rescheduled game. It's at eight o'clock. We got to drive up there together. That's going to be it's going to be trip. hell for us, Chris. Road trip. I'm excited. I'm excited. Oh, <laughs> my car. Oh, it gets lit. <laughs> oh in no. My car. Um, I think there's something else that happened in the world of USC football. Yeah, Caleb Douglas decommitted today. Yeah, three-star wide yeah, receiver from Texas. Yeah, he's he's right on it. <laughs> There's this guy called Lincoln Riley. Oh, I thought we were going to go basketball next. <laughs> <laughs> hoop, no. that is. Oh, no, well but we will have a Hoops podcast tomorrow. Plug. You guys Look at that. Pay attention. Yeah, there you go. No, we got to talk about Lincoln Riley, USC's new head coach. It's still weird, honestly, <laughs> to talk about it and to cover it. It's a little surreal still. It's been a whirlwind couple of days for everyone involved. So we got to talk about that. We got to break it all down. Shotgun is insisting that we keep our format of stock up, stock down. and We have a format, guys. <laughs> Why would we stray from our format? Because, you know, when USC makes probably one of the best hires it's ever made in its football program, you kind of you can change things around. We don't need to, though. I've got it all laid out in our normal format. Fine. So we're doing that because Shotgun <laughs> is so annoying to this podcast and what? Chris and I just follow along. Chris, and, Chris doesn't like conflict, so he's just, you know, doing his own thing. So we have stock up, stock down. Uh, we have a ton of questions. We're going to answer those. I believe we have take it or leave it, Chrissy T. Are you prepared? I I'm prepared. sure the sponsors were just rolling in. Yeah, it, it's hot out here in these streets. My phone just been going off nonstop. <laughs> I actually just had to get a second phone. Wow, just, just for, for fake, fake corporate, corporate sponsors. sponsors. Wow. Yeah, blowing up. But you're also bearing a big lead that happened like where we record these podcasts. There was a fire in this building oh, yeah. earlier. It's nuts. Yeah. Did you guys? I think did, I think it was. Uh, did Ryan tell you USC what happened? Football was on fire. Did Ryan tell you what happened? No. So there was a security guard working late night, protecting, had his break, went to the little office, got on his computer, and went over to uscfootball.com <laughs> where the f- <laughs> heat was coming. Oh my goodness! Keely's marking down yeah. that when to mark out this that nineties. Yep. PC couldn't handle all that heat <laughs> we've been dealing for the last 72 hours. It's insane, though. And the, they just went up. There actually was up. a fire in our office building last night. Yeah, I just but, told you what happened. Yeah, that's not what happened, but yes, that is slightly accurate. Are we sure that's not what happened? I mean, I can't deny that. Are you saying mm-hmm. it's not been popping oh, it's on been the popping. P? Oh, it's been popping on the P. Don't you lie. Like edamame? <laughs> what? <laughs> And thank you guys so much for those that are new subscribers. We yeah. really appreciate you Record guys joining day. up. Obviously, it's huge news, and the next two weeks are going to be crazy if, so the, last, if the last 48 hours weren't already. Uh, but 
there's going to be assistant coach hires. There's going to be recruiting is going to be phenomenal. I'm just going to say that right now. It's going to be crazy, but it's also going to be phenomenal. Um, and, you know, there's also going to be the retention of the current staff or players and or players. So, you know, does anyone stay around from the staff? How many players? Do people hit the transfer portal? The next two weeks will be uh, will be defining for next season, actually. Yeah, it's crazy. We'll get into it, Shadi. I know you're trying to do your thing where you do an intro and then say the whole podcast. I didn't intro. do it. I stopped. You were close. You were close. Um, but like I said, we have a pack show, obviously. If you have any comments or questions for the pod, uh, do be sure to email us, familyfeudpod at gmail.com. You can also do it to the main pod email as well. We get those emails, too. Also, look out for a email or, excuse me, a tweet from shotgun spratling um on tuesdays he sends it out and you can get your burning questions in either via dm or tweet or quote tweet whatever you want and chris always requests a wacky one because he is the wacky representative of the pod it's what a cousin would do true (laughs) True. that's very very true okay well like i said shoddy you are so insistent on doing uh stock up stock out down stock up who you got I'm going to start with greater probability. Jeez. Oh, yeah. What now, Chris? What now, Chris? <laughs> we talked to, you know, everyone talked during the press conference in the intro. Um, you had Brennan, um, you had Rick Caruso, the chief of staff. You had Mike Bone, the athletic director. You had the president, um, Carol Folt, and you had Lincoln Riley. Then it was Q&A with Lincoln Riley and Mike Bone, and then they split off. And, and I thought that USC really handled this well to allow everyone to kind of get what they needed as far as the media. So give them credit there. They split off into small scrums. You had Bone. You had uh, Caruso, I believe, was in a scrum. Was not part of that. Um, he was not in a scrum. Oh, no? Okay, I thought he was. But you had Lincoln Riley. You had Brandon Sosnan as well. And so Sosnan was the last one. Um, so we, we kind of all got to hear what he said, uh, where we had been split up a little bit prior. And he talked about the process of getting Lincoln Riley and the process of building this program to where it would be that Lincoln Riley would want to come. And he said two years ago, he doesn't know if Lincoln Riley would have come because they put in, they've built, they've put in a lot of resources. They've built the program around Clay Helton. And I know a lot of people wanted Clay Helton fired two years ago and he deserved to be fired two years ago based on the record from the 2018 season. And in 2019, just not, you know, taking it to the next level um, when you're bouncing back. So USC easily could have done that. They decided not to, and part of the reason was you know you got to figure out who you can attract. You know, who, it's, it's not just fire somebody and hey, you know now you figure out things. You got to think of that before you fire someone. Is all right if we fire this person, what's the coach we're going to be able to get? Who's the guy that's going to come in? Who can we attract? And it sounds like part of it was they didn't know if they could attract the big name guy like Lincoln Riley. And two years later, obviously they were able to do it and. You know, get the deal signed in what sounds like a 12-hour window, kind of. Uh, you know, everything kind of came together after the Oklahoma State-Oklahoma game and Oklahoma losing that game. And, you know, so if two years ago USC wasn't able to get it, where's USC going to be in two years from now? That's what I want to know. Mm. So I got stock up from the greater probability of them bringing in a coach, but also the greater probability that USC could be somewhere special in two years. Mm-hmm. He's not going to get this. This is for you. Oh. <laughs> USC was in the like... end game now. Oh, oh my God. Wow. This dumb donkey. <laughs> no idea. Just over the head. Wow. But yeah, just to add on that, they were. it was the long con. It was the long play. 
it was the end game. Was Shrek donkeys have feelings too. Mm. <laughs> USC end game. Was Brandon putting up the one? Yeah. Okay. Wow. Interesting. <laughs> I don't get it. I'm glad that you haven't. There's no spoilers there, as far as I know. So Bone I was like, it. "Did we just lose?" <laughs> I don't. You're going too far. Now. Okay. 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 So. Okay. Okay. So to build off of that, I definitely think anyone should, uh, any USC fan, should check out uh, the press availability with both Bone, but especially Brandon Sosna. He is very articulate and kind of went through some of the the processes that they had to go through. And I thought what was really interesting, and we have a question about this, but also just what went into the contract. I think we got a little bit about that and shock and you asked about it the facilities mm-hmm. upgrade i thought it was interesting they said that uh from like week three when they started after they changed the leadership aka fired clay helton they were working with architects to to draw up uh, models and whatnot so i think there's a, a future for me it sounds like a new football facility in the future so i'm curious one where are they going to put that two what that will look like because i think usc and, and brandon said this as well but it, it looks like um USC's, or it sounds like USC's aware that they're behind as far as where other pro- programs are with a dedicated football facility. Yeah, USC doesn't have a football-only facility. The, the McKay Center is is beautiful and gorgeous, but all the athletes use it. Um, so where do they put something? Do you have to build up and you know have some underground stuff or just have extra le- levels for different things? Don't know exactly. Obviously, there's going to be a lot of construction around USC. There always is construction University on college campuses. University of Summer Construction, come on. Every college campus is that way. It's not just USC. Trust me, I've gone to enough campuses and having to go through detours and crap. Um, but USC is going to have a lot of construction coming up, for one, because they have Olympics coming to mm. campus. So Dado Field, the baseball stadium, is being built into a, a swimming uh, arena. So that, for one, is, is going to be a big change. So maybe something goes along with that. I don't know if Howard Jones Field, if there's some changes there, or you know if there's room behind Dado Field where there's some trailers and some different stuff right now. You know, there's not a ton of space. This isn't this isn't Purdue. I don't know if anyone on this podcast is, that's listening has ever been to West Lafayette, uh, Indiana, but a ton of space. There's just you know I'm not taking a shot that it's terrible, Chris. I'm not saying that, but it's just a ton of space around. Not this not the case at USC. If you're buying up anything around the campus, it's going to cost you a lot of money because people know, um, you know, how much uh, of leverage they have there. So USC doesn't have a lot of room, so we'll see what they can do, where they can do something. But I did think it was really interesting that Lincoln Riley mentioned that a couple times mm-hmm. that it's something they have to build, and that's something that always goes into discussions with coaches that are building programs, not necessarily ones that should be there, the ones that are the blue bloods. Uh, you know, it's usually like the Washington States are trying to catch up, you know, and rather than the USC's are behind. So uh, that was kind of interesting. So I did ask about that, and I thought his answer was interesting that they had already had that planned out. They've already got blueprints and stuff and renderings and stuff. Now, what actually happens from that, that's, you know, because the next stage becomes the fundraising for yeah. that. Yeah. And that's, you know, that was a struggle for USC when it came to the Galen Center. There were some issues there with getting the final money uh, to build that arena. So we'll see what can happen there whenever they do decide what they do want to build. I'm going to build, no pun intended, off of that and say stock up for fan excitement. Man, has it been crazy. I mean, just the – I forgot that how crazy USC football the brand is when people are actually excited. You know, I kind of – and that's crazy. Honestly, it's been so long. It's been so long that I forgot – just how strong the fan base is when they actually are plugged in and excited. It was crazy just to see the response, not only on social media, but just 
like I had people who are casual football fans going, oh, my God, USC, you know, and it's like I forgot that that was a thing. And, and that just shows how much how down the program was for the last several years. But I mean, we talked about like, is this a rebuild? And to some degree, it still is. But the brand, I don't think needs rebuilding. And I thought that was interesting. What what Sosna said, he was like locally the brand was tarnished but nationally it still was very strong when we went on interviews and went around so i think it's interesting just kind of the the boost or the the revival that the brand got locally uh with bringing in someone like lincoln riley yeah you wonder how many people are reading the la times story about you know all the scandals that have been at usc away from the football program itself which is why i think it's more tarnished locally um, and because you're just more invested and you see all the faults, whereas from afar, you may look at it like it's still USC and it still could be USC. I think for the three of us, this is the first time ever while we've been covering the team, the fan base is united. Mm-hmm. I would yeah. No, 2017, if that's where you're going to go with the Rose Bowl, people were super excited after it. And there were still people going, Helton's not the guy to get us to a national championship, though. There were still, you know, there, there was still, still the underlying. Numbers. Okay. Okay, fine. Tension. Yeah. So but like, still. wow, this is special, but there were so many people going, Sam Darnold did that. Okay, that's fair. That's Not fair. the program that's fair. Did I will that. concede, so, yes. So um, this is the first time since, since we've been around, and my first year on campus was 2009, which was Pete Carroll's final year. Um, so, so it's your fault is what you're saying, the downturn pretty much, of USC. Pretty much. Okay. Just, just I'll probably just leave now or something. Interesting. Keely, can I have a side note with you? Yeah. Yeah. I thought I thought we were boycotting. I thought we weren't. Oh right, talking. sorry. Yeah, I, th- I didn't know. I mean, <sighs> I was I was I was being a team player. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, let's let's go back. He, he, he uh, might be able to hear us. Okay. Okay. Now what? Can yeah. I huddle up. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Sorry about that. We had a <laughs> mic issue. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Chris, do you have stock up? <laughs> I thought we were boycotting. You didn't make this clear. I can do one. I'm doing one, okay. and that's it. Go for it. I like looking at the tiny moments about this and i tweeted about it this morning how stock up on usc fans being oklahoma state fans because if they don't win that game we're not here talking about lincoln riley we're not fans aren't going crazy i mean we're probably here talking about matt campbell maybe dave aranda we're talking about somebody different we're not talking about lr um, so and it's just crazy how one play or a couple plays that changed. Came, sorry, that game came down to s- the seconds. If you go back yeah, and it's see what 30, happened, 33, 37, 33, so many little things started off with Enzo, Caleb Williams, Peachy County boy, not <laughs> really? Beach boy. Okay, uh, ran all the way down, put him at the thirty-two yard line. Looks like they're gonna come back. Uh, Colin Oliver, I believe his name is, true freshman, comes up with the biggest play of his life. Sacking Caleb on four down, just that ends it. And here we are talking about uh, Lincoln. Any any number of things that go differently in that game. So and it's it's the course of college football and the trajectory of USC is so much different. West Coast football, yeah. And it's and it's insane. You know, we I looked at all the timelines, and this is the one that we came out on. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Stop making references (laughs) to movies. Maybe see the movie. See how it feels, Shadi. Um. It's different. Um, <laughs> All I'm saying is Colin Avery will never also, have to buy a beer in uh, in, U- in Southern California. Sure. Also, in that game, the drive before that, they got down the 24-yard line and got sacked. 
and decided to go for it on fourth down. If they kicked a field goal there, they could knock another opportunity. If they kicked a field goal there, they were down by four, they would have won. The so little things. The little things. The little things. You never know. So you that, never know. It is crazy. We definitely wouldn't be talking about Lincoln Rally right now. And as Chris said, we may not be talking about Lincoln Riley at all this offseason because no. USC more than likely tries to make a move. You're trying to make a move as soon as you can to try to save some of the recruiting class. But also, you just want to get your guy in. You want to start building that staff. You want to do all those things. The sooner you can do things, the sooner you can start that rebuild. And so if if Oklahoma's playing the Big 12 championship this week, which is what would have happened if they won that game, yeah. USC might have already made a move Yeah, I, elsewhere. I, they I probably honestly, wouldn't have been waiting around. I don't think it happens. I really don't think it happens. I mean, the look on Sauce's face when he, he's like, I honestly don't know. He was like, it was the most excruciating game of my life. So <laughs> I think that says a lot right there. Um, it was pretty interesting that he he said that they had it on in the uh, you know the athletic department's suite at the the game at the watching the BYU USC game because that game was on three hours before USC's kickoff, and he said he was pacing back and forth and he's like I don't think people realize why we were so invested watching this Oklahoma Oklahoma State game, and it it was give them a lot of credit uh, it's, this is a home run hire and it's a grand slam hire. But also, it came out of left field. Everyone was just like, there's no way they can get Lincoln Riley. Because everyone, we, we had Bruce Feldman on Tunnel Vision. He said multiple times since then, he expected if Lincoln Riley went anywhere, it was going to be the NFL. Um, so, USC, you know, struck gold. Struck gold. Blue Bloods typically, rarely, if ever, leave for another Blue Blood. It never happens. And now we've seen it twice in two days. It's the, what is happening? <laughs> the, the college football, I think, part, partially because of 2020, because schools were not, you know, jumping at the opportunity to fire someone and try to go through the cycle. Too much instability. Instability, the money issues, just because programs didn't have the the money flow coming in. Um, this year, so you kind of got two coaching carousels at the same time. The candidates have been slim, so uh, especially with with the Big Ten, you know, James Franklin, Mel Tucker locking up PJ Fleck. So with slim pickings, you're like, well, let's swing for the fences. We might as well, right? And you might have already settled on a guy in a different cycle, but because there's so few, you know, big team candidates, they've been going out, and Brian Kelly goes to LSU, and uh, you know, USC gets Lincoln Riley. So it's going to be really interesting that USC Notre Dame matchup next year. With a new coach, maybe it's Luke Fickle. Who knows? Maybe it's Matt Campbell. We'll see if Notre Dame waits around. And then also, and is it twenty twenty four? Yes, twenty twenty four. When USC plays LSU yep. in Las Vegas, and we see Brian Kelly once again on the sidelines against USC. Crazy. The Chaos Bowl. Will he be on the sidelines, or is he going to be like roaming around the twenty yard line, like oh, the onside <laughs> kick? Whoa, good, good call back there. Thank you, thank you. I also had stock up for Chris's Twitter personality. You have been oh. going <laughs> off the charts. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't have any words. I. You do on Twitter. All my jokes go to Twitter now. I don't. <laughs> Apparently, I'm gonna be the most bland person on this. <laughs> it's like you reverted. I don't know. It was you. You're. See, that's the Chris we know, but not the public really knows. So I was just look. I was on one. You were for the last 72 hours. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm tapering down a little bit, but okay. it's it was a fun ride. I blacked out. <laughs> I hope I didn't tweet anything super offensive. This is anything. Will Ferrell in old school. You were school. tweeting yeah. like all caps f bombs. Like what things was, were going down. What happened? What? <laughs> <laughs> It was awesome. <laughs> it was awesome. Do you know that movie? 
I don't. I didn't even hear what you said. Old so school. Old school. No, Will everyone Ferrell? says I need oh, to watch it. Yeah. Everyone says you need to watch this movie. All I, I these know, movies. I know. Um, yeah, Chris. And then Chris try to say they tell me I need to tweet more. No, Chris, we tell you you need to tweet your own stories out more. Yeah, I've tweeted my own stories out this week. A this couple? week, the, um, a, couple. a couple. Yeah, a couple. Come on. You've a written dabble. like ninety five. So <laughs> yeah. I, I dabbled. Chris has been all over it. Chris is a machine. Yeah, Chris so has been been good. killing it this wait, week. Wait, wait, wait. Are you, it feels, are you guys leading up to make me an official member? Is this what, is this, is it? <laughs> what if we just vote right now, Shaka? It's a big week <gasps> in USC oh, history. There's too much going on right now. we got to save that for oh, another okay. Way to tease me. <laughs> You're a bunch of podcast teases. <laughs> All right, i got one more stock oh up. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, going back to the game, and I know nobody wants to talk about this. <laughs> Would you just let me finish? Yes. Oh, sorry. Stock up to Vavai Malapai. Oh yeah. Um, just he's been through so much at USC. You know, basically being benched. Um, you know, this final season, uh, not be getting many carries, and to finally get a couple. You know, the last two weeks he's been kind of the, you know, been a guy that they relied on and made the most of it against BYU. He was very emotional going out, and he's such an amazing kid. Yeah. Um, and I probably shouldn't call him kid since he's a six year. No. You know, he's not even eighteen to twenty two year old. He's he's <laughs> beyond that. Um, but. I told him after that he was walking up the the tunnel, and you know we we don't get a chance to interview the guys that are in the post game press conference. They, that's their opportunity for me to talk to him, so we don't get a chance. But I just wanted to tell him congratulations on his career. It was great to see him go out. So I tell him that, and I'm, I'm you know telling him congratulations. He's like, no, 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 thank you for for being here and covering it. And I'm like, what are you you're thinking me like this kid? He, he's just a phenomenal kid. Everyone on the team loves him. Yeah. I think I tweeted. I think it was last week that I tweeted when he scored. You know, no one. There's no one else on the team besides maybe Max Gibbs that the team would get uh, as excited about scoring a touchdown, um, just because they know everything he's been through. It's been a tough off season for him as well, or throughout the season. So it, it was great to see him finish his career in the Coliseum on a high note, as far as his, his individual performance. Yeah, no, that's a great stock up for sure. He's definitely valued on the team and just always great to talk to, um, media wise. I thought you guys would would address this, so that's why I didn't bring it up. But I had stock up for this upcoming recruiting class, this cycle. Hello, talk about whiplash from one pendulum to the other. I mean, and oh, I should just say stock neutral because uh, stock down for Oklahoma's recruiting class. Oh it's, my goodness! What a especially their twenty twenty three recruiting class. Yeah, yeah. All the all the big names because they've been stocking up on five star, especially five star receivers. And almost all those guys have decommitted. Actually, to take what you you said, actually on stock down, we'll transition. I had any recruiting nihilism because everyone you guys know what nihilism no. is. Is that, a, is that a dish? <laughs> nihilism is you just don't care about anything. I learned this from watching The Big Lebowski. Apathy. Yeah. So you, you just don't care. You know, you 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 don't have a. You know, there's no god for you. There's no deity. There's no anything like that. You just don't care. Um, so I think any recruiting nihilism, any apathy there that people are just because so many people have said, I, I don't care about this recruiting class. I don't care, you know, what, until they get a head coach. And, and now everyone's like, wait, what's the recruiting news? What's happening? Who? What about Relique Brown? What What? What about this receiver? What about that receiver? Who do you think they can flip? Blah, blah, blah. Someone tweeted at me that they already requested time off for the early signing period the first day. Wow. fifteen. So it's it's a turnaround. It'll be, it'll be interesting to see uh, how they kind of play it out because um, – already hearing that there are guys that are flipping or have committed 
that haven't announced. So maybe USC build it up, build it up, and then drop it all on early signing period, and you crush that day again. That's what I would do if I was them. If you know you got these kids locked up, no one announced anything. We don't need anything right now. We're going to have plenty of momentum going towards it. We'll let everyone speculate, and then early signing period. Just crush you win, everyone. You, you won the press conference yesterday. You won that entire. You won the last two days. Um, Brian, I mean, Chip, Brian Kelly, the, the other Kelly, <laughs> Kelly Kelly. Uh, Brian Kelly, you know, steals a little bit away from it yesterday with that news, but you can go and you can crush early signing period uh, that first day when everyone's paying attention and, you know, steal the national spotlight back once again. Yeah. I mean, I'm switching roles now. I'm going to ask a question, but how lethal is a guy like Lincoln Riley in Southern California in a fertile recruiting ground? I mean, he sort of talked about how, you know, he's coming from a place that, you know, wasn't considered a super big area, wasn't considered a super fertile, fertile uh, area. You know, they had some uh, some great players that have come out of that state, but, you know, there's a reason why he has recruited Southern California because he said there's great athletes out here um, and, you know, you want to get the best and he feels like they're going to go across the country, get the best, but he also feels like some of them were right here in the backyard. So, it, he, he's obviously quarterbacks. You want a quarterback, you come to uh, SoCal. So he is a quarterback guru, obviously. What he's done with uh, with his Heisman his Heisman uh, winning quarterbacks, Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, Jalen Hurts, finalist. So he's going to have his pick of quarterbacks coming out of Southern California era. It's just, it's just a match on paper just for his offense. You know, mm. all those talented skill skilled players, quarterbacks. Obviously, you need to build the trenches. He said we need to build the trenches. So they'll probably have to go out of state. Uh, to pick some of those big bodies, those those big hog mollies up front on both sides of the ball, but you know, just for an offensive, uh, just for an offensive guy like California is it? I mean, mm-hmm. quarterbacks, yeah. skill guys, whatever you need in terms of offensive firepower, it comes out of California. So, just an incredible pairing for USC and Lincoln Riley. One Keely always laughs when she hears the word hog mollies. <laughs> it's just a funny word. <laughs> you need the guys with the big ham hocks. You know, you need oh those my big. I heard I heard the stat, and I haven't had a chance. It's been so crazy. I haven't had a chance. Uh, it's written down in my notes to look up. So can't verify this is this stat is true. But I heard the stat is since 2007, I believe it is, the state of Oklahoma, how many five stars do you think the state of Oklahoma has produced? Since 2007? Yeah. So in 14 years now. Three. I'll say four. Apparently, it is one. Oh, one. Gentry Williams. He hasn't been produced yet. Oh. This class is not over. I don't know. Is he a five star right now? I'm not sure. Um, but since the the 2007 class of what's been signed, so it, now again, I got to look this stat up to to verify it. But even if it's two or three or four, there's often there's several classes that have two or three or four in Southern California. Yeah within like 20 miles of USC. I mean, you had three five-star quarterbacks come out of the same class. Yeah. And Lincoln Riley's going to be able to kill it. I think that's one of the reasons why he left Oklahoma is because you're going to the SEC and everybody talked about that. Um, but you need the caliber of player, and it becomes that much more difficult when you're in Oklahoma and there's just not that talent base in your local area. Now, they go to Texas, they go to out-of-state, and they, they do really well in that area. But – when you can go, when you're the dominant program in a you know a three hour radius, and you can get pretty much anybody you want when you're rolling, which is what Pete Carroll was able to do for the most part. There's a couple guys that left, but that 
I mean, that's how you crush it, and that's what USC can provide that Oklahoma cannot. That's one of the big things. And just in Obviously, it's specifically California we're just talking about, but it's also the whole West Coast. I mean, USC's backyard has always also included Arizona, Utah, and even, you know, they haven't really recruited Washington well, but they could add that at that state to their to their backyard definition. But Arizona, Utah, too, there's there's good players that come out of there, some some high caliber athletes and some even some big linemen. You know, USC has uh, recruited the, the Samoan population out of. Uh, Utah with the, some of the guys they've gotten there so they can get back to getting those guys back out. They've been poached by other uh, SEC teams and Big 12 teams, so obviously he's going to want to set up shop there as well. And then there's also been some really top athletes that have come out of Washington, and obviously the number one defensive lineman came out of Washington last cycle. You're telling me Lincoln could have not lo- could have locked up both of those guys? Absolutely. Yeah, if you had JT Tuomoloa and Corey Foreman – um, there's Jaden Wayne is another big time player that's coming out. There's a, Washington is, is really developing the Seattle area. Um, you know, it's not like when Taylor Mays was there and he left to go to USC, everyone in Washington was heartbroken because, you know, he's the one big time player there. They're, they're producing more and more quality recruits. But I said this to someone else. I think a, a buddy from home called, um, we're talking about this move for Lincoln Riley and you're, you got one five star in your state in 14 years. You're going to Texas and you're battling with however many programs. Um, and Oklahoma is one of the powers. Texas also there, though. Texas A&M, LSU comes in there. Alabama can come in there a little bit. USC, when they're rolling, dominates like eight states. Not like eight counties around your school in a, in a state. Eight states. So that's a huge recruiting footprint that can the potential there for, for USC. So exactly like you said, I think that you know it's just a – it's an unfair playing field when USC is rolling right, and that's why I think so many national people were very upset at this uh, this move for Lincoln Riley. USC recruiting is like that big kid in like fourth grade who got held back like three years, and he's just the biggest kid out there, and he's just pushing kids down on the, on the <laughs> playground. You can't stop him. You can't stop him when he when he wants to. You know, when he gets rolling, you can't stop him. Everyone's like two feet shorter than him. He's just taking everyone's Visual lunch money right and just <laughs> shoving everything out of the way. What do you also make of the fact that he already has an in-home visit under his belt with Relique Brown? It's the grind. The man didn't even sleep. This was also, this was part of my uh, inner recruiting nihilism. Uh, I meant to, meant to mention this, but also the coaching nihilism, recruiting nihilism that it has been over the last decade where there's been some coaches like, eh, you guys do the recruiting support staff. You guys take care of it. I'll coach them up when they get here. And then it's even questionable if they coach them up. That's not happening anymore. The man, the the men, uh, him and Dennis Simmons, who, who he announced uh, will be the receivers coach, haven't even slept in a bed in California. And yet maybe they got a nap somewhere on a couch in, in the football offices, but 6 a.m. flight, press conferences all day. We're going to see Relique Brown a day. We're going to make it known you are our priority. So there's no doubt in my mind that Relique Brown will end up at USC. And that is something I would never say in recruiting. But that that right there just tells me that's going to happen. And if you didn't know, he's the five-star running back out of modern day. Um, By way of NorCal. And he is a playmaker. And this USC offense is struggling for playmakers right now with Drake London injured, Keontae Ingram injured. And there's a reason why... Dennis Simmons is his primary recruiter at wide receiver because he also has the ability to Mm -hmm. play wide receiver. You know, just that guy you can move all over the field. Something USC desperately, yeah, dynamic athlete. Since we're already on it, 
I'm switching back to my host hat right now. Uh, I thought it was interesting. Lincoln Riley just rattled off who came with him, you know, and the fact that they didn't really have a contract signed. He was just like, plane leaves at 6 a.m. You're coming with me. You're coming with me. And so what do you make of the guys he brought just to run down really quickly? Alex Grinch, who's going to be USC's new defensive coordinator. Uh, Dennis Simmons, like you guys mentioned, outside receivers coach. Uh, Benny Wiley, who's the director of sports performance. So he's like the strength and conditioning coach and whatnot. And then Clark Stroud, who's the director or was the director of football operations for Oklahoma. So those are the initial names. I know there's a big one missing in shock and we'll get into that later. So don't go in there now. But currently, uh, what do you think of the the names that are were on the flight? Well, I wanted to, I wanted to lead with Dennis Simmons. So I try to bring up his bio on the Oklahoma page. It's already taken down. Yep, gone. So <laughs> we're scrambling here. But I think that's one that's like low key would get USC fans the most excited. Not the most, or a top excitement. Not the most. I'm sure we'll talk about it later. But Dennis Simmons, you know USC. We've talked about it at end on this like throughout the season we got the question why is USC re- re- struggling to recruit wide receivers wide receivers wide receivers well Dennis Simmons is one of the best wide receiver recruiters in the nation he's helped produce some of the top wide receivers that come out of Oklahoma like a CD Lamb you know I believe he was with Lincoln at ECU not sure on that one well we I can we can look that up a little bit later but he's just been an incredible recruiter an incredible developer of talent so, and again, like I said, the talent that comes out of uh, USC wide receiver-wise is just incredible. There's two top wide receivers right now that, you know, four months ago that weren't even really, like, even looking at USC like that. Now, you know, it's talking about potential flips. You know, I'm talking about T-Mac, obviously, at Servite, which Dennis Simmons stopped by there today. Uh, he was out there meeting on campus, so obviously still on the grind. And then uh, CJ Williams, uh, the the five-star caliber wide receiver out of modern day who is committed to Oklahoma, but obviously, as we talked about, chaos going on. Everything's Who's on fire. So. Notre Dame. What did I say? C.J. Williams. You said he was committed to Oklahoma. Sorry. But also mentioned his father's tweet. Yes, tweeted this morning. So does that Williams mean... C.J. Williams' dad. Does that mean Brian Kiln's not coming <laughs> to our in-home visit? So. Which I thought was hilarious. Yeah. Because Brian Kelly apparently... Went on an in-home visit, left there, and then took the job somehow. Like so, like you can't clear your schedule for a day. Like let me mull over this decision. Like I'm not gonna go on any visits today. I'm, I don't know. Imagine uh, being the last recruit that Kelly holds an official visit with as Notre Dame's head coach. It's so odd. Sorry. There was a tweet. I, I can't remember which writer it was, but I it I think Chris Ghost wrote it. Um, that it's said such Chris's humor. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that said Brian Kelly must have been on a recruit visit. Um, and, and then you know probably exited out the window to to go and accept the LSU job. Um, there was a couple other assistant coaches apparently that were on the the trail as well, and they leave and they said you know they're like a total jackass now um, after you know being in this in home visit and trying to sell them on coming here with Brian Kelly and now suddenly he leaves. So back to Dennis Simmons. He was, was at ECU. He was at ECU. He also was on Mike Leach's staffs at Washington State as well. So. Definitely knows the inside outside receivers, the things that, that can be done in that offense, and he recruits like hell. Um, CeeDee Lamb, but he also, CeeDee Lamb, I think, is from Texas. He also went to Georgia and got Jaden Hazelwood, who was a five star guy. So he is not just, hey, we can go to Texas and I have some connections there. He has connections all over because he's a, he's a national recruiter. His recruiting miles are going to be cut down a lot. I'm just saying, because he doesn't have to go far. For what is it true? 
So yeah. oh, I got a I got a forty five minute drive up the road. That's fine. Yeah, T Mac obviously is a huge one. He is. We had an update on that on the board. If you're a member, you can check that out from Greg Biggins. Um, you know, CJ Williams, another one as well. Malik Brown, like you talked about, can play receiver. Ton of weapons there potentially for USC, and that's probably why you saw Caleb Douglas, the three star recruit from Texas, exit the class today because I think they have a have a good idea that they can get someone locally that's a little bit higher rated and they may like a little bit more. And the Grinch? Yes, the other um, on-field staff member to come was Alex Grinch, the defensive coordinator from Oklahoma. Was at Washington State, obviously, with Mike Leach as well. Got hired by Ohio State. Some struggles at Ohio State. Went to Oklahoma. Some struggles at Oklahoma, but they got better this season. So that'll kind of be an interesting one. He's obviously has coached defense in a air raid system, which I think is important because I think it takes a different understanding of what you're going to see in practice and what you're going to see in fall camp and how to prepare your teams outside of that um, to be ready when you face teams that aren't air raid spread teams. And I, you know, he's had success in the Pac-12 at Washington State, so you know he, he knows how to, to to you know defend in the in the Pac-12 and. I think it's also just impressive that he was on Urban Meyer's, Urban Meyer's staff. So mm-hmm. he, you know, learned under a great college coach, national championship winning coach. So, and he also obviously, you know, he had his up and da- ups and downs at Oklahoma. But I think just overall, just a great, great hire in DC to bring in. Any thoughts on Benny Wiley or Clark Stroud? As Ryan always says, it's hard to tell when a strength and conditioning coach is doing really well. I don't know these names off the top. I barely know any strength and conditioning coaches scott Cochran is really the only one and that's because he's been in and out of the news for stuff outside of his actual position um partially because his contract at alabama and then we went to georgia you know stepping away at times so really don't know a bunch of names so hard for me to, to jump in there um but every all positive reviews so far no one's been like oh they got that guy i can't believe that now one thing that lincoln Riley said Yesterday, not during the uh, the regular press conference, but during his media scrum, um, he was asked about retention of player uh, retention of coaches on staff, and he says he he knows a bunch of those guys. He's got a lot of different connections. Obviously, Graham Harrell was at Texas Tech at the same time as Lincoln Riley. Um, so when he was a player first, and then a student assistant, grad assistant, but he said he, he didn't want to jump to any conclusions. He didn't want to he want to take his time with that. He said there's a few guys that I know. I'm going to bring with me. So that tells me that besides the guys that are there, the four guys he brought now, there's some other guys in the Oklahoma staff that are probably coming with him as well eventually. So I think that got to keep an eye on who those end up being. The big one that everyone wants to talk about is the offensive line coach, Bill Biedenbaugh, who is, um, you know, gets rave reviews, believed to be one of the top offensive line coaches in the nation. So if they can pull that one off, he's also the co-OC at Oklahoma, that's his current title, but he is still on the Oklahoma roster right now. As Chris mentioned, uh, Simmons is not because they have quickly wiped away any of the coaches that have left that, that got on that um, that private flight, uh, got on the private plane and flew flew back with Mike Bone and Brendan Sosna and Lincoln Riley. What do you guys make of, I feel like the P was kind of like, mm, Alex Grinch, not sure about that. What do you think about the skepticism? A little bit understandable. Because he struggled at Oklahoma, I mean, struggled at Ohio State under Urban, and then a little bit at Oklahoma. But I thought that they were making some big strides this year. Their defense is what kept them in a lot of games because they weren't scoring the the points that they were consistently because of some inconsistency with with the quarterback position. But also, like, 
if that's who Lincoln wants to bring in, ride with what Lincoln wants to do. I mean, if that's his choice, ride with it. That's all I'm saying. It's it's his decision. You're saying ride or die. I'm saying ride or die with what Lincoln's doing. Just let it all come on the field first. I think that it was interesting. I think it was Brandon Sosna that said, we're going to trust those guys to make the coaching decisions. They know better coaches than we do. When that wasn't the case for the last cycle of assistant coaches that USC hired. They didn't trust the the head coach necessarily to make that. They were much more invested in that. I mean, Helton, Helton did have a big hand in it. Yes, but... The, he made it sound much more like we're just stepping away, and if that's who he wants, that's who he wants. Well, and I think that goes to the whole philosophy: is like they you hire who someone who's good at their job, so that you can step away, yep, and and let them do what they need to do. Whereas they didn't hire Helton, and they needed to kind of step in more in that sense. Um, any final thoughts before we go into recruit? I mean, excuse me, uh, questions. I don't we, know why I said recruit. we haven't finished stock down or heard uh, it. Okay. I, just Chris, what's your stock down? I don't. Where's your stock down, Chris? I want to know where it is. Uh, stock down on Lincoln Riley's dogs named Boomer and Sooner. Yeah, that's an interesting development. Is that true? It's it's in his it's wiki, wiki bio. True. At least it's not his kids like Lane. Oh, name his kid Knox. Ooh. So, just the question is: Do you change the dogs' names? Can't. You you right. So. You can change a kid's name uh, legally, what? but you can't change the dog's name. Dog's not going to respond. Kid has a much better chance to to relearn a name. I think just keep oh, saying the name. name over and over and give him a treat every time. I mean, you probably can condition Pavlov's. So, what would you name if you could? What What are the two names? Didn't we come up with some, some traveler? No. And Tommy and Troy? Trojan. Probably, I think that's probably right. I don't like a or dog Tommy named and Tommy. Troy. Mike Bone. Troy and Trojan? Brandon and Mike. <laughs> yeah. Uh, That's my stock down. Okay. I told you I was. All right. I had one final stock down. Um, I've only had one, Keely. Jeez. <laughs> I, I you I, asked like seven questions I in the middle of I wasn't even laughing at you. Yeah, sure. Uh, any fourth-year seniors that are leaving for USC, whether it be to the NFL, transfer portal, graduating, and just finishing up, those guys have been through all the crap at USC and none of the glory. So you feel bad for some of those guys. I know some of the, some of the players um, have mentioned they are probably exiting. We'll wait and see on final decisions on a couple of those guys. But they came in after that Rose Bowl year, USC uh, on the mountain. And then from there, they've had, I think, three, two losing seasons, um, you know, a COVID year and a holiday bowl loss to Iowa. So three years without a bowl game. Whew. Feel for those guys. Yeah, that's that's rough for sure. Uh, just a little bit breaking news. Fusion's prize stock has decommitted from USC, so that's another yep. one down today. Yeah, that happened right as we started recording. So there you go with You didn't that. say anything? I just deemed it to you guys. Oh. Interesting because he was actually he had a scholarship offer from Oklahoma. They had recruited him early in the cycle. Um, and you talked to him. I talked to him right after the thing. He was excited about it. Uh, he's one of Dante's guys. Huge potential. You know, six three, six four, super long and lanky. Um, was getting beat at times against some some of the elite receivers. C.J. Williams during the summer had a really big game against him in seven on seven. But he's a potential guy. So interesting to see that. Um, that tells you that 
probably tells you they they think they have some other cornerbacks that they can lock up. Maybe a Gentry Williams. Maybe you're looking at the the Branch brothers. You know, safety, some more DBs. So uh, it tells tells you a lot about where this this recruiting class could go. Just really quickly before we move on to heard it on the sidelines. People are really curious about Dante Williams, his future at USC. Obviously, people really respect his recruiting prowess. What do you guys anticipate with that? I think we got some questions about that, don't we? I have a take it or leave it on that. I want to just save it for that. Okay. There we go. Sure. Then let's head into Hurt It on the sideline. Chadi, I know you prepped for this. I got a couple from the game, and I know... You tweeted about it, too. You made like a mental Which is why reminder. I have to have this go section. Go for it. Go for it. Go I can't for it. leave the fans out. Um, I'll get to that one in just a second. First, I want to start with Drake London. You know, he's been on the sideline the last couple of games. He's on crutches. But something, you know, he's a, he's a competitor. And in the game, there was a play that was in front of him, right right in front of the bench where he was standing. And he, he's coaching up the receivers. You got to do this. You got to, you gotta you know, give this look to, to get this look. And I just thought it was really interesting how invested he still is. You know, when some people could check out, he's going to go to the NFL uh, here before too long. Um, and... He could be checked out. He couldn't even. He could skip the games if he wanted to. We've seen other guys just not be at games. So Drake London could be checked out from the, this program completely. Instead, he's still invested. Is teaching up younger guys and teaching them up, um, trying to tell them what to do. So I thought that was really interesting. There was one touchdown, and I forgot who scored it, but Drake is literally hopping on the one healthy leg he has Gavin Morris is kind of like laughing and telling him like calm down a little bit because he's so fired up I think it was Gary Bryant or it was the, yeah it was, it was the he, he was also super fired up for Kalen Bullock's interception he had a special handshake with Bullock when he came off the sideline but he was like fired up to the point where like it, it you know how when he would do something he would kind of like it almost looked like he got like possessed and he was just like so excited and I was like that's just it's so fun to see how excited he is just for his teammates and he's not even involved you know just a, just a great teammate all around. He also had a couple of words for the refs <laughs> during the game. He also had a couple of words for the DBs telling them to stop holding because there was a ton of grabbing going on that was not called. That was part of the reason why he was yelling at the refs. Just invested, invested, and that's the type of kid that you, you build a program around. If you can get, you know, eighty-four more of those guys in your roster, you know, you're going to be a good, uh, good place. The one that I tweeted about, Kanai Mauga gets the interception. You know, tip play off. Of, I think Isaac Taylor Stewart had the breakup diving catch, makes it. He's running the sideline. He's got the ball, holding it up over his hand as he's, you know, over his head as he's running off the the field or towards the USC sideline. As he gets closer, he does like I think he does a chest bump with Vic Soto or something, which is kind of normal. Vic Soto is super excited anytime there's a turnover. Yeah. He as he's going through a bunch of other players trying to congratulate and stuff, he is like a running back. He's got that ball covered up. You know, he's got both arms above and under it like a running back from high school, you know, going back to his high school days, covers this thing up, gets to the sideline. Everyone else is still clapping clapping him on the shoulder pads and stuff. Goes over the sideline, he's got the ball, big BYU symbol on it. Uh, the big blue symbol, so obviously from the interception, takes it over behind the defensive line um, bench, throws it in the trash can. <laughs> and then some of the players are like squirting water and stuff in there. The BYU ball boy is searching for this because Aww. there's always a ball boy on the, the opposite side yeah, sidelines. Yeah. He's searching for the ball. He's looking for it. He sees Kanai. He's like looking at his arms. He's like, where's the ball? Where's this ball gone? He's searching for it. I, I go down and I continue shooting photos on the next play, uh, and then I look back and I see the guy still looking for it. And oh. eventually, I, I I come back running back. I don't remember. If it was Did you a, tell him? No, of course oh. I didn't tell him. I'm not, I'm not getting involved here. 
I'm just a neutral party. Okay. Um, Strictly like the Michael Jordan meme. <laughs> F them kids. <laughs> but eventually I see that he has gotten the ball and he's just like wiping it down with a towel because it's got, you know, I don't know if there probably were players like spitting on it and stuff oh. and, you know, with the water bottles and whatnot. That poor yep. little Mormon. <laughs> that poor little Mormon boy. So I thought it was hilarious to see Kanai cover up the ball, take it over and like, nah, this is trash and threw it away. It's funny. I told you, Kanaimaga is my spirit animal. Love it. You gotta love it. Chris, I'm assuming you don't have any hurt on the sideline. That's not true. During after the game, he was like, "Oh, that that's gonna be my hurt." It. It doesn't. There's ma- a lot that happened, Shotgun. I'm gonna give him a pass this week. The was- only thing I'll say, and I I believe I told you or someone, whereas I ran into Cosmo. Yes, the BYU mascot. There, the normal tunnel stair entrance I go down for the game was really packed because we're closer to the BYU side and there was like a BYU player in this little stairwell and so everyone was like crowded around so I had to fight through some people and then I turn the corner and I bump into what I think is a player because Cosmo is dressed in a jersey <laughs> very hairy and I'm like what is going on here <laughs> who is who player. is who is the hairiest player of what I've ever seen and then I realized oh it's it's just a guy in a cat suit. It's Cosmo. <laughs> but like the BYU fans were so I don't want to make another bleep for you, but so freaking turnt about Cosmo. <laughs> you would have thought it was like uh, the rapper Drake or whatever. People were going crazy for freaking like Cosmo. Oh my god. Yeah, have you seen his dance moves? <laughs> I guess these guys were going crazy. It was like it was like women in the forties on the Beatles concert. They were <laughs> passing out, just like the Beatles Cosmo. The 50s, whatever. Elvis, Elvis in the 40s, whatever. Just like, you know, when he would do the little strut thing and then the women would faint. Did he learn from yeah. Forrest Gump? The yeah. visual bits, oh my and goodness. So I was just like, it just really annoyed me and I don't know why. Just like, just a guy in a cat suit. Just get over it. <laughs> and just you didn't want him it. to say this. Just get over I told it. told you. It's just a guy in a cat suit. That's all it is. That's all wow. it is. That's amazing. That's all it is. That's amazing. Shotty, I know you have some Lincoln Riley herdits as well. Real quick, better mascot Cosmo or the St. Joseph's hawk that flaps the entire game? No, flaps? it's the hawk. I, I appreciate flaps. I appreciate yeah. the dedication. <laughs> the guy's on scholarship too, so okay. good, good for him. But what if it's someone with no arms and it's just the suit doing it? <laughs> someone with <laughs> <laughs> Can you prove that though? Can you prove that? That's what I thought. They've done a good job of making irregular uh, flapping there. Uh, you wanted this. To move forward to um, the Lincoln-Riley, everything going on with that, i got a couple of heard it. One of them is, is, a, is a seen it. Um, I'm going to do this quickly, Chris. Stop, stop laughing at me. Seen it. Because there was a like of one of my tweets, which was the when Lincoln-Riley came out and said, wow, is this real? And I posted a picture of Lincoln-Riley with the skyline behind it. The person who liked it was Theo Howard, uh-huh. who is a – Southern California kid who went to Oklahoma and then ended up transferring to Utah this year. But I thought it was really interesting because he knows Norman. He knows Southern California. For him to like that tweet kind of kind of tells you a little bit about the differences between Los Angeles and Norman to me. Good point. What? what? Keely is not liking this. No, I just <laughs> – Theo is, I feel like, very active on Twitter. So I thought it was just, like, can you extrapolate? He hasn't liked anything else of my tweets recently. So Okay, sure. Sure. I thought it was interesting that his name popped up there. Um, also, I had a former player come up during the press conference or before the press conference. Obviously, the news is announced. 
And he comes up and he's just like, yeah, let's go. You got to beat. I don't know. That's a direct quote. Direct quote there. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I haven't heard it. That oh. made me think of it. And so I thought I was like, wow, this is a former player um, you know, making this statement to me. Just shows the excitement. Obviously, with, with there was a, a number of former players there. Matt Liner being in the front front row. Uh, he and Mark Sanchez getting some props from I think Lincoln Riley during it that they were there. So he was excited to see them. But you know, the former players and you see on Twitter and social media and stuff were super excited. Some of the guys that I've texted with super excited about the hire. So thought that was really interesting. And the last one was Lincoln Riley saying this is going to be the mecca of college football. That is a. Ooh, that's a big old big statement, old statement. Mm-hmm. which big was old. interesting because he followed it up saying, like, I don't want to make any promises <laughs> type of thing. <laughs> but it's like, like, whoa, 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 whoa. Cats out of the bag, bro. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now, what reminded me is I was about to say it's a family show. And you know, you want to know why I know it's a family show? Because it was so cute. I get to this, the end zone. I kind of do my walk around thing, trying to see who's healthy, whatnot, before the game. And I hear the cutest little voices yelling my name. And I was like, oh, my gosh, what is happening? And I turn around, <laughs> and it's these two little girls who are like, Keely, and, like, waving to me. Of course, had to go over to them. Cutest thing ever. They're amazing. They watch Tunnel Vision with their dad. Their team stock neutral. I don't believe it. Stock neutral nation is not only out there, they're adorable, too. So shouts to the nation. We're cute and adorable. And so shouts to Kelsey is their mom. So shouts to them. Thank you for watching, and thank you for being a team Stock neutral. We love little girls who love football because that was me. And I guess I still am a little girl. Who knows? But yeah. Yeah, we, we consider you that. Excuse me, shoddy. You're the little sister. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> that is true. So that was my my heard it. And nice. that's why I said it's a family show. Yeah. Can't, can't bleep. Come on, that's a direct quote. Um, but no, that was that was great. Uh, even if uh, I don't believe in stock neutral and, and that part of the, the tweet is, is a little BS. Um, I was all about that action. Oh, cute. It was great. Great tweet. Great tweet, for sure. So we, and for- again, I've said this before. We love it when you guys call out to us and we can take a picture with you guys or whatever it is. We really appreciate the love and support from all you guys at these games, especially this season with how, how bad the performances on the field have been, which is why it was great to see USC show some pride, show some toughness in that BYU game. Didn't go their way, but you know I, I thought that showed the potential of this team and that there is still some fight in this team. So that was really good. You know, they actually beat down BYU in that game, which is supposed to be the other way around. Because BYU is supposed to be a more physical team, being an older team because of a lot of those Mormon missions. True. No, yeah, it, it's interesting because seeing like the wave of support and excitement and like so many new falls and whatnot, it, it made me like kind of had like a, a twinge in my heart for all the like the real OGs who were sticking <laughs> with us, sending us podcast questions when like it was just bleak for usc so thank you to all those guys uh you guys were just hanging out with us during all that time all right let's go into some questions first one is from jp who said realistic expectations for 2020 i say a plus plus wins in a bowl game so hard to tell right now i know we gotta wait till the roster is determined um so february i can make that answer you know but even then you'll you'll know a lot of the transfer portal stuff and whatnot but i just we don't know the retention of this roster. I think their recruiting class is going to be good. JP had a little bit of follow-up on, on recruiting. Um, I think the recruiting class is going to be really good. I think it's going to help. But don't know, particularly with the offensive line, where they're going to be at next year. I will say eight wins. I don't think the schedule next year is a murderous row. No. And, I, and I don't think – I think, you know, with this offense, they can have 
you know, if you believe they're going to have a really good recruiting class this cycle, they'll, they'll get some help, hit the transfer portal a little bit, especially on the O-line. So I'll say eight wins. Okay. I, I'll, I'll think that's a realistic expectation, at very least a bowl. And um, it was funny. He was asked by Bill Plaschke about, hey, how soon can you turn this around? And he laughed. He's like, only been in Los Angeles like for a couple hours. hours. So um, we got a question from Miles who said, have USC and Notre Dame ever faced each other when both teams had new head coaches? I don't know the history on this, but I would guess not. Yeah, I would. I would also guess not. It's crazy. Not usually a ton of turnover at these positions outside of USC the last ten years. We're gonna uh, address this a little bit, so maybe rapid fire this one. Andrew said, "What are the pod's thoughts on Alex Grinch, both on the field and as a recruiter? For on the field, he definitely did a great job at Wazoo with average talent, and he had a pretty good re- result at Oklahoma, but has never really had an elite unit." I think he's considered a uh, decent recruiter. I had his thing pulled up uh, here quickly, Alex Grinch. I had his recruiting thing and I lost it, but I think he's re- regarded as, you know, an okay. You, you, your defensive quarter isn't really like one of your go-getting recruiters all the time. Um, it's nice when that happens. Then but be a closure. That's the big thing. Yeah. Get him in, close, but not like Clancy Pendergast close where the first time you ever meet him is in the in-home visit. Not like that, but... I Grinch can carry his own, especially in a staff that, you know, Lincoln is building that's going to be grinding, recruiting. Everyone's going to have to recruit. So I think he can hold his own. And I know Oklahoma gets a lot of great players, um, but I think the talent level at USC, if they can take care of the defense line, that's a big question mark. But that's one of the areas where they've actually had success under Alex Grinch. And that's one of the things that Lincoln Riley mentioned is that to change the defense, they got to start with the defensive line. So if they start there and they can take care of that, I think you'll get the cornerbacks, you'll get the safeties that you need because you have a ton of those um, you know, talented players out in Southern California and the West region in general. He was a secondary recruiter for Gentry Williams. So. And one of the things Oklahoma has done before, and there's kind of this pipeline from Fresno to Oklahoma, they've had to go to Fresno to get cornerbacks. You know, It's not like they have local talent. And talented players in Fresno – but not necessarily all five-star guys. So uh, I think that they can get even better recruits that will help his defense even more. Dan asked a question that said, I was on the side that Miller Moss might transfer with Dart being the guy until Riley came. If USC gets any transfer quarterbacks or quarterbacks in this upcoming class, do you think he stays? It's tough. I mean, you. I think you at least need to bring another quarterback. Um to help with that, the depth-wise, because, I mean, assuming Mo Hassan comes back for another year, you know, the expectation is Keaton is gone. Does Miller want to sit behind Jackson Dart? I mean, the the implication is that, you know, Dart will probably be the guy going to camp. You know, Lincoln's probably going to hold an open competition, assuming Miller stays. Um, but if, you know, a guy like Caleb Williams comes in, that's like a whole nother bag of worms. It's not a bag of worms, can of worms. Puts worms in a bag. They're all soggy. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Unless they're gummy. Oh. <laughs> the answer is, if it's Caleb Williams, if that transfer, then Miller Moss is a smart kid. I'm sure he's gone. Jackson Dart might be gone, too. Because if he brings in his own guy, it's not a competition then. Oh, Caleb Williams is coming. He's already been in my system for a couple of years. Of course, Caleb Williams is going to be the guy that wins that job. If they don't bring in somebody, or if even if they bring in an older guy to hey, have some depth or whatever, and they think Jackson Dart or Miller Moss will win that, Open competition, I think that if you're a quarterback, you would love to be in the system. So I think Miller Moss would look at it and be like, 
I think I can beat Jackson Dart. I, I think that was his mindset coming into this. And again, go back to the spring and fall camps. Jackson Dart was better in the spring. Miller Mart was the be- Miller Moss in my mind was the better quarterback in the fall camp. Just in that camp, um, you know, they went with Jackson Dart, and Jackson Dart has made a ton of plays for them the last couple of games. But if you're Miller Moss, you look at it and say, you know, he it's at least, it at least was a close competition. He may look at it and say, I think I can win that competition with a new head coach. So I think in the system and the potential of that system, I think he would stay. But if Caleb Williams comes, I think he goes. We got a question from Britt who says, I have PTSD from Cliff Kingsbury. So my question is, is there any chance that an NFL team comes knocking and we lose Riley? No. I don't think it's the same because Lincoln Riley's getting paid bukus of money um i was told some terms on it i haven't confirmed those terms but if those current if those terms are correct then he's making more than the recent nfl coaches that came from college so i don't and i think it's significantly more so i don't think a nfl team is going to come with that same type of money so i think that's the big difference and it's not offensive coordinator to head coach like cliff kingsbury was in my 10 things to know about lincoln riley i noted that he has gone on record saying, you know, the NFL doesn't really intrigue him at this moment. Like, he's not really interested in the NFL. Yeah, but he also was a wordsmith and said he's not going to be the next head coach for LSU. Well, he was correct with that. And the difference in Kingsbury... He didn't lie. lie. The difference in Kingsbury versus Riley, Kingsbury apparently did not like to recruit, was not recruiting at that level. Lincoln Riley crushes it in recruiting. And that's the big difference between college and pro. Why Kingsbury is doing so well in the pro, I think, is he's an X's and O guy, loves to do that type of stuff. And it's crushing it because you don't have to recruit anyone. The front office takes care of signing people for you. We got multiple questions that I'm going to combine. First one is from Wayne, who says, when do you expect Lincoln to start announcing staff additions? Have you heard anything about who he potentially could keep, Dante or Vixo Ocho? And then Nick said, to what extent does Graham Harrell have job security in Lincoln Lincoln Riley's admin, both like the air raid offense? He Obviously, he announced his first batch at his press conference. Uh, he said more will be coming soon. So I can say, I can probably say like within the next week, we'll have more people uh, officially on the boat, uh, the recruiting staff boat. Um, and then he was asked about specifically about looking at this current staff. Is there anybody you're thinking about retaining Dante Williams, Grant Harrell, specifically those two names. And he says, you know, you know, I have a lot of connections on the staff. You know, I've been in that room. It's, it's a tough position to be in, you know, They've done a great job, but he doesn't want to rush into anything. He's going to take the time to, he said, to to look at it. He said there's probably going to be a lot of people that want to come coach with them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're going to find the best best people for the job. You know, they could be out there at another school or they could be right here at USC. So there's a lot of good uh, candidates. So they're going to take their time with it and evaluate. So didn't really give much away, but they will be looking at the staff hard. I asked him, what's the first thing you have to upgrade? He talked about building facilities, roster, uh, coaching staff, et cetera. I asked him, what's the first thing I have to upgrade? He said, we got to get the coaching staff taken care of because then you can get out recruiting, you can do everything else. So it starts with the coaching staff. So he wants to do that sooner than later so you can work, start crushing it on the recruiting trail when you know your position coaches, your coordinators, all that. We got a question from Andrew who said, what's better, USC getting a rock star in Lincoln Riley or no- Notre Dame getting dumped? A true USC fan submission. I didn't hear the question. Oh. Chris Trevino. I'm sorry. I'm posting stuff on the P. Give me alone. <laughs> What's better, USC getting a rock star or a Notre Dame dumping? It's getting the rock star. 
Um, but for USC fans, it doesn't hurt that on the same day it's announced that Brian Kelly dumps them. I'm sure they were all, as they were already in, a couple drinks deep celebrating Lincoln Riley. I think they uh, just toasted to to Brian Kelly for, for dumping Notre Dame like that. But could end up being even better for Notre Dame if they get somebody who's even better than Brian Kelly. Final question comes from Gustavo, who says, please give us a play-by-play of what it was like for the USCfootball.com team when the Lincoln Riley news dropped, I know the P was down at one point, so I'm sure it was just as intense offline to get stories up. I think the news literally crashed two four seven, like the amount of at least our site. I don't know. No, it was, and I was on publisher support on Slack, and like other people were having issues too. I was <laughs> what like, is happening? Yeah, I was like, really? And <laughs> what's funny is like. If there's anything going down, I immediately call Chris. Chris and I are like in like a conference call when we're doing everything. And then the, the funniest part is I was on the phone with him for like 45 minutes to the point where he was like, this tweet's for you, Keely. Send this tweet. Send. It was just like watching the master at work. It was a lot happening. I don't even remember, to be <laughs> honest. I was going through some things, like deciding like clothes and stuff, like Goodwill pile, throw it away pile, just trying to do some cleaning. And I saw the news break and immediately went to do stuff, but I don't really remember what happened. It's just been like there's been such a blur the last 48 hours or however long it's been. I don't even know how many days it's been now. It's just been kind of crazy. Yesterday, I came downstairs and asked my roommates, I was like, what day is it? I, like, I wasn't sure. I was like, what is happening? <laughs> I've yeah. had that thought a couple times. Yeah, I, I think I'm on like three hours of sleep and two hours of sleep the last. I'm not as not as sleep deprived as Brendan Sosna, who said he was on three hours um, since Saturday morning when we talked to him yesterday. Since he woke up on Saturday morning, so uh, he probably got two and one. I got two and three. So, do you even remember that Thanksgiving was a couple days ago? Oh, I had no clue. Someone said Thanksgiving, and I was like, that was so long ago. And I was like, <laughs> wait, that was just like four days ago. <laughs> yeah, no, it's and my family had Thanksgiving on Thursday and Friday, so I have just been like, boom, 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 boom. There's just been so much. I'm extroverted out. <laughs> I covered a basketball tournament, and it seems like it was two weeks ago, and that was Thanksgiving Day and the day after. Yeah, yeah. it's just madness in that sense. Chrissy T., I know you've had your uh, question time checkout. you got to wake up from your nap because I'm tossing it over to you. Oh, we're done? It's time for some take it or leave it. Oh, we're done? Yeah. Oh, we're done. This is see. This is it. Just every week, I just... Interesting. Yeah. I forgot to... Prep. No, no, you uh, did not. Shotgun. You didn't oh. let me finish. Okay, sorry. For the read. So we're just going to have to go off the cuff, off the rip, off the off, jump. Off the muscle. Off the muscle. Off the dome. Off the chain. Off the dome. So I think I think the the theme of this this week, and not even like week, the last like 72 hours have been has been super like clear in college football, at least for me. Shotgun, what would you say like the theme Actually, Keely, what do you think the theme is? Madness. The carousel. Yeah, that's good, but that's not what I'm looking for. So, Shotgun, what has been the theme? I went with upheaval. Mm, it's sort. Of, it's closer, but not exactly. The theme has been breakups. Oh, that's true. That's true. There's been some. No, I think Keely would have won Family Feud. Oh, I would have gotten. Round, yeah. yeah. Mm. Pulled a hundred people on the Family Feud. Madness. Yeah. So, so I like to thank our last second. Uh, fake corporate sponsors. There was a lot that were calling in. They were like, Chris, we know there's going to be a lot of energy, a lot of attention on this podcast after what happened. So yeah. let's get in. I was like, I'm sorry, I got all these commitments already prior. So I, I went with this one. So thank you to Bumble 
you know, we had Tinder a couple weeks. Bumble want to get in oh, with us. Wow. Uh, for their new breakup concierge. Oh. <laughs> for a little fee, they'll help you, you know, break up with whoever you need. It doesn't need to be a significant other. It oh, could be. Brian Kelly could use this. It could have absolutely. You do it with class. You do it with respect. You don't do it like Brian Kelly. You don't want to be Brian Kelly. You don't want to look like Brian Kelly. You certainly don't want to be Brian Kelly. Are you talking about his tan? You don't want to look like? Don't leave it messy. Not over a freaking slack. Do you break up with someone? Do it with compassion and grace. You know, maybe you got a partner that does something that drives you crazy. Maybe they bite their toenails. Ew. <laughs> maybe they're stock neutral nation. Ew. How dare you? Maybe that you're tired of them eating corn on the cob in the bed before you guys go to sleep. <laughs> you know, all things that are relatable to all of us. Chris, should we be concerned? <laughs> I don't know. Take the stress of breakups out of your life and leave. Well, just leave. Leave your partner. <laughs> Bumble. Let's get to dumping. But what's the, what does the concierge do? Helps you out. It helps you out. I want some examples. Like when you go to a hotel, like, hey, can you help me get a tickets to this? Yeah, but what, yeah, what do you. they do? Do they wear like white gloves and they're like, he's done with you? Yeah, they'll send someone <laughs> to do it so they don't have to. It'll be classy. It'll be respectful. They'll talk you through it. Okay. I hope it's Tim Curry from uh, Home Alone being the concierge. Home Alone 2, excuse me. All I'm York. saying is... A lot of coaches could have used this. Brian this. Kelly. Brian yeah. Kelly could have Brian absolutely Ke- used this. Bri- Brian Kelly. It's a new song, Shotgun? Yeah. Let's gonna... let's get into it. We have a lot here. <laughs> okay. Thank you to Bumble. Uh, Lincoln was wilder than Brian Kelly. Wilder in one sense. Just answer the question. You can't always ask for more info. Uh, um, this isn't one of your interviews. <laughs> it's a podcast, in case you're wondering. Wow. Um... If you're saying just like the news of it, yes, I'll take it. Take it. No one expected it. Came out of nowhere. And it changes the landscape of college football. Even much more than Brian Kelly going to LSU. Yep. Because it's a shift in power to the West. USC will have a top five class in 2022. Take it. I'm taking it. Believe it. Ten is too easy. There's a lot. Of, there's a lot of optimism, and yeah. I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna go six or seven right now. <laughs> okay. Okay. I don't know the numbers. The numbers might end up being a, the number of commitments might be part of it. If yeah. we were asked last week, is if USC will have a five, six, or seven class in 2022, what would have been your answer? Who would you have slapped? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Who would you have slapped? Everyone is the question. As tempting as it may be. Drake Lennon should leave for the NFL. Take it. Selfishly leave it. Wait. Uh, are you saying he should... De- I don't, I'm confused by what you're... You can't he should ask leave. He should follow-up. leave. You're taking the statement that confused. he should leave. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm taking that. Uh, he should leave, yes. But would it be fun to cover him again? Yes. Oh, hell yeah. That's the right decision. The right decision is he should leave. Yes. Yes. Sorry, made his money, especially after an injury like that. You can see, you know, if that's an Achilles, like was the potential people looking at it first, like grabbing his back of his foot. You know, Achilles can be potentially career changing. So you look at it and go, got to go make that money now. But just for a quick thought process, how many yards would he put up fully healthy? He's fully healthy for the year and he has help. Like there's other guys he put up a lot of yards. He probably wouldn't get as many, wouldn't need to get as many targets. So then the question becomes, does he average 140 yards or whatever per game, or is it 110 or 120? 
he still put up really big numbers. Probably score more touchdowns because they're going to be better in the red zone. Out of USC's commitments right now, and they're dropping fast. Three today. Decommitment? Kevin Green decommitted also. Wow. So you're down three when? about an hour ago. Okay. Nobody in the current class will be in the final class. So right now you have left or Jaden Gould, four-star cornerback out of New Jersey, four-star cornerback Fabian Ross, three-star edge rusher uh, Devin Tompkins, uh, three-star offensive tackle Keith Olsen, and two-star punter Atticus Bertrams out of Australia. I'll say. So you're saying none of these people will be in the final class. I will take it. I'm just going to bet the field and leave it. Maybe Atticus is the one that sticks around. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, uh, Kevin Green was the one that I would expect if if the you gave me the names yesterday, I would say Kevin Green probably sticks. But that also tells you Kevin Green, Dante was his main recruiter as well, as well as Ephesians. So that tells you that might tell you Dante Williams' future, to be honest. Then let's just jump in there right now. Dante Williams is retained. After this news, I'm going to leave it. Now I'm hearing that he wants to stay, but whether or not the new regime wants him to stay is unknown. And I'm going to take Shotgun's uh, thought process and leave it. You don't think it could be a situation where it's like, Dante want to keep you, but these aren't the dudes right now. It could be. It could be. And Dante Williams had a sit-down meeting with Lincoln Riley yesterday. We were told that. Um, And... We all know, and I don't know if any of our listeners have gotten an opportunity to meet Dante, but Dante wins the one-on-one conversation. He wins that. So maybe their intention was, we'll see what, what Dante's like when we get there. I think Dante probably wins that meeting and maybe comes away with it. So that's the, the question to me. If, if uh, Lincoln Riley already had it set in his mind, like, no, we're getting rid of everybody or we're getting rid of everybody you know, and, and except for someone and Dante's not that guy, but if he was kind of open-minded and let's see, you know, we'll interview everybody and we'll see, then I think Dante has a much better chance then. USC lands at least four of Oklahoma's 2022 commits, current commits. I wish you would have said 2023. No, I, w- <laughs> I will not. I simply will not say 2023. I simply will not. I'm going to leave it. Okay. Four is a lot. Four seems like a lot. But it's imploding. <laughs> True. Um, how many have decommitted so far? I believe from the 2022 class. Two? Um, or if we count those, then I will take it. Oh, okay. The energy and momentum built this weekend will lead to a USC win in the Pride Bowl. The irrelevant bowl? Yeah. A nicer way is putting his Pride Bowl. Okay, fine, fine. I d- oh, I should have had... I had this. I thought of this. I forgot to write it down. The stock down on just how much no, the Cal game no, matters. We're done. Stock down we're on done. that. We're done. I'll take it. It's not... And this is something we haven't talked about, but I thought it was interesting how... Um, and I was kind of hearing this behind the scenes, but part of the reason why USC wanted to reschedule the game is that they were actually hoping to land a coach in the timing that they did so that 
they could have Lincoln Riley, not Lincoln Riley specifically, but their new head coach evaluate their players. Um, So now Lincoln Riley will be at practice Tuesday and Wednesday and will be watching the Cal game. So more evaluation time for him, which I think is a smart move. This is an absolute monster week of practice. Oh, yeah. For every player on that team right now. I'm so curious what it's going to be like. Oh, I think the intensity is going to be on a whole nother level. It's going to be like fall camp, you know, excitement about the season, you know, going in because, you know, you can put stuff on tape, but to see it with your own eyes, Lincoln, watch this. Hey, Link, watch this. Hey, coach, got you. Watch this. You're going to have a chance to prove yourself in front of the coach right now. So I think it's going to be huge for them. And, I, I couldn't understand if they were saying that Lincoln was going to go to the game on Saturday or not. I, you know, I think it was kind of said both ways, so I'm not sure exactly clear on whether he is going to attend the game. Um, but if he does, again, opportunity to put it on tape and, and right in front of his eyes instead of just a, the eye in the sky. So, I, I, And he's going to see your body language on the sideline. He's going to see you know how you're communicating with your teammates, all that stuff that goes on. So I think it's going to just push USC to another level because you want to perform for that guy uh, knowing that he's going to take over and you want to prove yourself to him as soon as you can. So I think it's fascinating. And also, as Keely was saying, she heard that they wanted to get this done because of that reason. That tells you that if they, did, if they, don't, if they don't lose that game, Oklahoma – then it's probably some other head coach right now. Yeah. So it, yeah. it's crazy. And yeah. and also that the Lincoln Riley, Brandon Sosna said, Lincoln Riley didn't even know we have a game. He was like, wait, what? Why, do you, why are you guys playing? <laughs> Aren't you terrible? Why are you playing another game? Do you think we're going to see one of those things where like suddenly there's like more bravado at practice from guys that we're not used to seeing just because they're like, new sheriff in town. Let me yeah. It's, it's, yeah. I'm so curious. It's going to be, be a completely different thing. Let's run through these real quick. You will see USC will sign at minimum two national O-line prospects this cycle. Take it. This cycle? Yeah. Take it. Might be three. Oh. Keonta Ingram will be back. It's one of those where like just he's such a great scrum guy, I gotta say. Scrum guy. So fun to talk to. Um Ooh. I want Teve so badly. She's squirming. Um, oh, jeez. Leave it. Take it. Oh, there we go. Finally, Jackson Dart will be at least a Heisman finalist within the next two seasons. If I did Teves, I would do this just because the Caleb Williams potential um, and him. You know, where does he go next if that is the case, Jackson Dart? But if he that doesn't happen, I'm going to take it. If he wins the quarterback yeah, we're, we're competition. Saying we're assuming that doesn't happen. Okay. And um, he wins the quarterback competition. I mean, that's still got to be done, too. I'm taking it. Okay, thank you to Bumble. Break, check out that breakup concierge. Uh, yeah. Let's My run gosh. through some fun ones right now. Uh, got a, just a few. Okay. Uh, you know I'm big on nicknames, so let's just... Uh, the nickname CLR. I don't like Leave. the C. I, yeah. <laughs> Leave it. Especially because Coach Urban Myers is terrible. It also makes me think of uh, CCR. Ooh, now I'm, now I'm a fan. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. So we're out on C, uh, CLR. I, I hate all the You're C leaving, whatever. Leaving, okay. Sure. Link. Oh, this is just take or leave on nicknames. Yes. <laughs> what did you... I don't know. Leave it. Shoddy. What up, Link? Take. No. <laughs> 
Okay. Uh, Caleb Douglas using the term, my commitment is 104% open. Just percentages over 100. He was really selling it. (laughs) I'll take it. Uh, There's a new fake Lincoln Riley account. There's so there's so many. What about what about the fake Matt Campbell USC Matt Campbell that followed us during the game yeah. on Saturday? Yeah. Are you will one of these will become big? Mm, I don't know who they're run by. Like a personality. I'm not impressed yet. Mm. Leave it. No, leave. Okay. Sorry. South Korea announced plans to build a floating city in the sea. What's the foundation for the city? I have no idea. Leave it. <laughs> Take it. Why not? Uh, just well, like you're like eating a snack, all of a sudden you hear like cracks, and you're like, "Oh, it's time going in the ocean." Yeah, it's the crackers you're eating. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> and that's it. Wow. And what? What does that mean? I don't know. I thought sometimes you would do that. It, n- no. Guys, what I know, understand this one's kind of big, but what is the uh, intro to your debut album? What do you mean? What is the intro to your debut album? Is it a skit? Is it like the Drake voicemail? It could be whatever you want. Is it just shotguns, just like what is that? Shotgun, the last. Yeah, oh. could it just be that? Oh, that'd be really cool. 50 cents, the, the quarters, drop. it's just the coins. Is I, it the massacres of violent shoot-up? What is it? I think shotguns would be like, I think that's a... Yeah, that was actually the start of my run-out music in college for yeah, baseball. So. That's shoddy history right there. That probably sounds good, but I'm going to follow it with, oh. with uh, your guys... Giving the intro. <laughs> to the I can't I just right. did it again. Why did I just do it again? So you're just gonna use that? Yep. I, I'm okay with that. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Do I get some some coin nope. out of that? Uh, you have I'll to see, get. I'll see you in court. <laughs> she has to get something for that. Yeah. I say thank you to you guys every nope. time I use it. Nope. <laughs> nope. Nope. Enough. Nope. What is yours? Answer the question. Do I, how much pull do I have? You got pull whatever you want. You got pull whatever you want. It's like Beyonce it's an doing and something. And one question. Come it's on. Beyonce doing something, or or it's like, oh, I don't know, some like sports thing. I don't know. I'll is it is it like a is it like the audio of a video of you meeting Beyonce for the first time before no, you're famous? No, because that's like just that'll be like thirty seconds of hyperventilating. Like oh that's not gosh. a good intro. And then her saying something, you're gonna be big time one day. Oh my god! And then yes. it cuts to the look. I just made your album for you. I just <laughs> Thank made your you. Opening album. There you go. You, the and ones are just now Chris filling it in for me. <laughs> I'm just filling in your answer. Much yeah. better would be an intro where you don't even know that it's Beyonce. Kind of like Matt Damon's appearance in uh, um, whichever yeah. early Marvel movie it was where he's playing a redneck. I don't know what you're talking about. Which, Matt I Damon think Thor, plays Thor 2. Thor, he's playing, he's playing uh, Loki, is it? No, not that one. He's in a previous one where he's on the back of a truck or something. I don't remember which one. This was. might be a thing I don't know. But he he is in the uh, Thor. Yes. Uh, but also Ragnarok. just like a super low-key, just you're throwing it in there. Yeah. Um, and no one knows it. Like uh, Zombieland, throwing in Bill Murray. Or like 
if it somehow was related to my job, it'd be like Beyonce saying like for uscfootball.com. <laughs> it's Kilior. <laughs> like, you know, that yeah. would be that'd be There you go. That'd be nice. Mine would be shotgun on a Zoom call. <laughs> saying welcome <laughs> to the Chris Trevino album. Like welcome to the Black album or whatever and then boom, we're in it. Mm-hmm. Please auto-tune please the, explain. the crap out of it. Sorry, Deadpool 2. Deadpool, it's Brad Pitt, right? No, he's also in that, but both of those, <laughs> you know. Can you please explain? Matt Damon and uh, Brad Pitt he's are in Deadpool 2 um, with super low-key cameos. Like, that is, that's the ultimate flex. Why, yeah. do, I, why do I have to explain it? He explains it. It's, it's it, nothing makes me laugh harder. <laughs> I don't know why. He's not going to explain on it. Our, on our it. Zoom calls, sometimes... Uh, uh, Shotgun has done them from in the studio. So when he asks a question, is it like feedback? You can hear so yourself. Because I have to ask the question through my computer, but we have the audio coming through the headphones. And the first time I did it, I did not realize how super loud it would be. Disorienting. <laughs> super disorienting. Like it was just like, you know, like 1940s London, like bombs just exploding everywhere. Great okay, joke. that is not... A great good job. comparison, but okay. Uh, have you tried it? Do it. There was like no, I couldn't think at all. No, I'll, okay, whatever. No, because what's happening is you're listening to Ryan's feed, yeah. Instead of hearing your feed, and no, on, normally on Zoom you can't hear your own voice, mm-hmm. and so what's happening is you're hearing your voice at the same time. <laughs> it's a feedback loop. Yeah, and so <laughs> if you look at someone, like there's been two instances where Shotgun just sounds like he's drunk because he can't like figure it out. <laughs> His brain can't function and quick it's, enough. It's to just process. He, what's it's happening. just so funny because that never happens to you, and I don't know why. It's just so funny to me, and that's an excellent answer, Chris. Well done. So that's mine. We're going to auto-tune it up, but it's still going to have the essence. Can you please do that? Like, just make it. <laughs> I want it. My brother dabbles in music production. Maybe we can make it into a song. Yes, 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 yes. No, what we need to do <laughs> is merch. So if we, there's any uh, graphic designers out there that yeah. want to help us out, uh, create some uh, Family Feud merch, some uscfootball.com merch, hit us up, DM us, or email at familyfeudpod at gmail.com. This is a dedicated graphic designer who listens to a hour and you will be You podcast. will be compensated. We're not just going to... Yeah, it's not going to be like, hey, can you do this for free? Yeah, it's not get, an internship. You get a meet and it's greet a... with Keely. <laughs> Excuse <laughs> you, don't offer me up. All right. Any final thoughts before we wrap up this podcast? Lincoln Riley is the head coach of USC football, ladies and gentlemen. All I know is I'm excited to go to practice today. That's all I know. And I'm excited to go to Cal. So, yeah, that's all I got. I'm just happy for you, Chris. You were dying on Vine. Dying on Vine? What? Dying on the Vine. Have you never heard that before? I thought you were mentioning the Vine platform. No, oh, RIP. That <laughs> actually did die. No. No, this is obviously a huge hire for USC. And like I said before, changes the landscape of college football. Mike Bone even said that, um, that they, they had done this. Um, and the coaching carousel this year is out of control. And I love every minute of it, except for... You do always think about the kids that are at schools, like the Notre Dame kids or the C.J. Williams being committed to Notre Dame. Hey, he wants to go play. The kids that were committed to Oklahoma, that's why everyone decommits. They want to play for a coach. It's not just about a school. You want to go to a, a football program and succeed. So you, you feel for them. But the craziness of it, I'm all about. Especially Brian Kelly leaves before he could be in the college football playoff. Are you kidding me? There's six right now, and, and there's three teams that could easily lose this weekend that you would not be surprised by. 
and they move up two spots and they're in the playoff and Brian Kelly's pieced out already. This is so Brian Kelly, though. Exactly what he did at Cincinnati. He was like, oh, you guys are going to be in a New Year's Six Bowl? You're going to be in the Sugar Bowl? Ah, sorry, I can't be here. I got to go to Notre Dame. Peace out. I know this is big for the program and whatnot. So if Notre Dame does get in, I wonder how many USC fans might actually root for Notre Dame to, as an FU to Brian Kelly. At least to win one game, not to win the whole Did thing. Did you really say how many USC fans will root for Notre yeah, Dame? Yeah, because I know there's some. Shotgun. I know there are some. Okay. I don't think so. But to okay. win one game, not the whole thing. Come on. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Alrighty. It's super. The, the carousel continues, but USC, Oklahoma, Notre Dame, Florida, LSU, that's five of probably the top 16 programs in the nation that have had coach openings. And that's not to mention the Washingtons, Virginia Techs, and there could still be more once Oklahoma makes their hire. Alrighty, that's going to wrap it up for just a crazy podcast, crazy news to discuss. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back. We have so much content coming out, so thanks to just everyone watching and listening. We appreciate it a lot. That's going to wrap it up. That's Shotgun. That's Chris. I'm Keely. We'll see y'all next time. Bye. Peace. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.